Well, good morning, church. Thank you once again for coming online. And I'm excited about continuing doing this, even though you just heard an announcement, we're going to be under the tent at 10 o'clock on Sunday, starting the first Sunday in June. We're going to stream our services as well. And so we are gonna continue to have our online church, but the time is going to change. It's gonna go from 9.30 to 10 o'clock, but you're gonna be able to experience with us under the tent. And so all the church can be together I'm looking forward to that. And I know that many are not going to be able to come uh, just because of health, uh, for other reasons. And so we want you to enjoy the church service with us. Thank you for watching and engaging with church every week for the last 10 or so weeks. And uh, I'm so thankful for that. I'm thankful for our church. There's much conversation in the world today about is church essential? Governors across this land, on the East and the West Coast primarily have deemed church non-essential and told pastors in churches that they cannot meet. We've seen over the last several weeks, pastors fined for, for meeting. We saw uh, people that were coming on the church parking lots for drive-in services were told they were going to be towed or they were going to be ticketed for coming and gathering for a drive-in service. And we've seen this across many states. It led up into this week where we saw our president get up and say that church is essential. And our uh, attorney for the, uh, uh, our country, uh, he said this, that all churches need to open. And so we have uh, heard much discussion in the news and across our land about his church essential. And I want to address that here today as we look into Acts chapter 17. I want to look at why is church essential? Why is it essential? It's one thing to say that's essential. It's another thing to know why it's essential. It's not just essential that a group of people meet, but they must meet for a specific purpose. Something ought to be accomplished when the church meets together. And so let's look together in Acts chapter 17, and we're going to study this passage of Scripture. In just a moment, when we're through reading, we're going to throw a map up, and we're going to see Paul's missionary journey here that we're on. I want to show you exactly where Paul is at in our study here in Acts chapter 17. Now, when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica where was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the scriptures, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus whom he, I preached unto you is Christ. And some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas, and of the devout Greeks, a great multitude, and of the chief women, not a few. And so what that verse is saying there in verse number four, a lot of people believed in the gospel of Jesus Christ. When Paul and Silas was preaching this gospel, a many, many Greeks, many devout Greeks, a great multitude, he says, and, and of the chief women, not a few, meaning a lot of people were believers in Christ because of Paul's three times, the, the, the three Sabbath days that Paul came and, and, and preached and taught Jesus in the synagogues, many people trusted Christ. Let's continue reading in verse number five. But the Jews, which believed not, moved with envy and took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort and gathered a company and set all the city on an uproar 
and assaulted the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. And when they had found them, they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also, whom Jason hath received. And these all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, one Jesus. And they troubled the people and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. And when they had taken security of Jason and the other, they let them go. Now, let's take a moment. I want to throw this map up here. Uh, that we've been looking at. I think we looked at this a couple weeks ago. And this map that you see here on the screen is, is Paul's second missionary journey. You'll find uh, off to the right of that screen, you'll see Antioch in Syria. Uh, you'll find Jerusalem on the very right-hand corner, bottom corner of that screen. That's Jerusalem. That's where the day of Pentecost started. That's where this, this church movement really started. Then we find, as you're moving up north, you'll find Antioch. And this is where Christians were first called Christians, those that were followers of Christ. This is where Paul's missionary journey began. Tarsus and Derbe and, and Lystra, Iconium, then on to Antioch and, and Mysia and Troas. They cross the, the uh, sea and they come to where we studied last week, where they're in the city of Philippi. And that's where Paul wrote the book of Philippians to the church there that was established in Philippi. Then you'll continue to follow and, and you'll see now where Paul is at is Amphipolis and Apollonia and, and uh, Berea and Thessalonica. He's in that region now here in Acts chapter number 17. And so I wanted you just to get a visual of Paul as he's going through on his missionary journey. He's traveling through. Now, I want to remind you that these travels are not by airplane. These aren't by a vehicle. This is hard travel. This is on foot or on a, on a back of an animal. A difficult travel as he's dealing with trying to get the gospel to the known, uh, to the known world there. But I want to look again at this. Why is church essential? I want you to see here in Acts chapter number 17 that Paul continues to preach the gospel. He goes to the synagogue, a place of worship. And three, three Sabbaths he goes, and, and each time he goes there, he is teaching and preaching Jesus Christ. He's using the Old Testament to show that the Messiah was promised, and, and he's quoting scriptures and, 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 and giving an understanding out of the book of Isaiah and the other prophets that prophesied of this Redeemer, Jesus Christ. He's then introducing them to Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, the, the Christ the son of God. He's sharing with them that Jesus came and he went to the cross and he shed his blood and that he was raised again from the dead on the third day. Paul is teaching and he's preaching Jesus Christ. I want you to find though in this passage of scripture, not everyone was enjoying it. Although many Greeks, devout Greeks and many of the women there, many of them trusted Christ as their savior. There was still some that did, they wanted nothing to do with the gospel being preached. And so what did they do? They found a man by the name of Jason who he was kind of the, the one that Paul and Silas was, was staying with and he was encouraging them and helping them. They go to Jason's house and, and they take him captive and, and begin to persecute Jason. I want you to see something here. The church has never been popular. The preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ has never been popular. All through these 17 chapters that we have found as we've studied through the book of Acts, never has the, has the gospel been well received by the government. 
We find in Acts chapter 2 that, that uh, uh, the, the gospel is preached and many people are saved. And immediately we find after that that persecution comes. Those that were in religious leaders, those that were in government positions in Jerusalem, that's where persecution came from, and they were scattered, and that's why they went to Antioch and other places the, the church went to, and the church grew, and the church multiplied. But I want you to know this, although the church has never been popular, although the church has never been accepted from, from governments and from religious leaders, God has always blessed the church when the church chose to follow God. Let me just simply say this to you. We don't meet because the government allows us to. We meet because God has mandated us to meet. We don't meet. The church has never met because the government has given them permission to meet. Matter of fact, there's places around this world that the church is meeting in underground places and caves and in people's homes. And, and uh, they're, they're not allowed to meet because of the, the government, but they still continue to meet. The permission to meet as a church, never, God never ordained it to come from government officials. It came from God and God himself. He told us this, that we as believers are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves as the manner of some is. And in that verse, the Bible goes on to say that we're to even do it more as the day of the Lord approaches. And, and I believe that we're seeing with this pandemic, we're seeing that the, the, the Lord is going to soon return. We see so many things coming together. And the challenge that the Lord gives us is continue to meet. Why do we continue to meet? And that's the topic that I want to look at today is, is why is church essential? It's essential. I want us to look at this in verses 2 and 4, 2 to 4 in this passage of Scripture. Again, let's pay special attention in Paul as his manner was. Went into to them and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the scriptures. Paul knew that the church was essential. Paul knew that the government officials and the religious leaders of his day weren't excited about this. They weren't interested in Paul and his, his group touring around the known world preaching the gospel. The church is an ecclesia. It's a called out assembly. And who call, calls that assembly out? It's God that calls us out. It's God that has uh, placed us in the church. It's God who is the, the head, Christ who is the head of the church. It's God's church. It belongs to him. The Bible says this, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. That's Jesus speaking. It's Jesus Christ. And, and I want you to see all through the book of Acts, the church has always grown. The church has always multiplied when the people of God did what God commanded them to do. It doesn't multiply. It didn't grow because of government officials okaying it or religious leaders putting their stamp of approval on it. It grew because God said, I will build my church and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. That's a promise we have from Christ himself. But I want you to see here, number one, why is church essential? And church is essential because, number one, people are saved when the gospel is preached. Church is essential because people are saved when the gospel is preached. 
And it's the believers, those that called out assembly, those that have trusted Christ as their Savior, those that are now the body of Christ. It's our responsibility to go and preach the gospel. I, I know that many of you know the, the, uh, the Great Commission to go into all the world and to preach the gospel to every creature. And the Bible goes on to say to baptize them, teaching them to observe all things. That's the, that is the great commission. That is the job of the church, the called out assembly, the body of Christ. Why is it so important that there is a body of Christ? Why is church so essential? It's essential because it's us as the body of Christ that takes the gospel of Jesus Christ into the world that needs to hear Jesus because people are saved when the gospel is preached. The Bible says again here in verse number two, and Paul as his manner was. You see, this is what Paul did. This is what Paul knew the responsibility of the church was, is to preach the gospel. This is who Paul was. This is what Paul did. Now, now church, please don't miss this. This message, I believe, is as important as any message that I've preached over the last 10 weeks or so as we've been here online, because I want us to see why church is so important. It is essential. It's essential because people are saved when the gospel is preached. Oh, the, the passion for souls that Paul had. My prayer is that God would give us that same passion that Paul and Silas and Timothy in the first generation of Christians had. Give us that same passion for souls. Give us that same zeal to get the gospel throughout the known world. Give us that same zeal that Paul had to go into places that have never heard the gospel. Give us that same passion. May God revive his church. May we see that people are saved when the gospel is preach church many people say this people aren't being saved anymore and i would say this that the reason why people aren't being saved is because people aren't preaching the gospel you know what i have found when you teach and preach jesus christ people will come to know jesus christ as their savior when those that know Christ, they refuse to speak about christ then they're the ones that have the perspective that people aren't being saved but people are being saved all around this world because there is a generation of Christians today in this generation that had the same zeal and the same passion that Paul had was to take the truth of the gospel and preach the gospel to all the known world. Romans 10, 14 says this, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How are they going to call on him who they've not believed? They don't know Christ. How, how can they call upon someone who they don't know about? How can they be saved unless they hear? And how are they going to hear, the Bible says, unless someone goes? Oh, that is, was, was Paul's passion here. Paul was going to the regions of Thessalonica. He was going to the regions throughout his second missionary journey. And many people there were hearing the truth of the gospel for the very first time. They were believing it and they were receiving Christ. Why? Because Paul had a zeal and a passion to preach the gospel and church is essential because it's the church's responsibility to go and preach the gospel because when people hear the gospel people are saved how can they be saved unless there's a preacher 
Church, I've been so excited about our opportunities over these last 10 weeks to preach the gospel. We've not been able to come together in this building as a church, but oh, listen to me, we've preached the gospel. We might not have been uh, gathering here on Sunday mornings together, but listen to me, church, we have preached the gospel. I read for you a letter from a lieutenant at the Toledo Police Department. Hello, Pastor Rands. I wanted to take a couple of minutes and say thank you to the congregation at Monclova Road Baptist Church for the meal they provided for me as well as the meals they provided for the entire department on May 20th. That was a huge undertaking for your congregation. I greatly appreciate it. Please convey to your congregation how grateful I am for their service and ministry. As a former pastor, it was a huge impact on my spirit to see the church being the church. Not that to be a church you had to feed 600 police officers, but reaching out beyond your congregation to be a blessing to another group of people. When Lieutenant Leonard, she was our contact that helped put all this together, sent out the initial email that you all were going to do that, I was amazed and knew how big of a project that would be. Through her coordinating the distribution and the generosity of your church's heart, many people felt and were shown the love of our Savior. Whether their ears and heart were open to hear it, it is, or not, we're not sure. If there is ever anything that you need from me that I can give, please don't hesitate to call because he lives and he signed his name. That was a letter that was emailed to us of one of many letters that were emailed because our church had a desire to preach the gospel. You see, it wasn't just about giving food. It was about presenting Christ, using an opportunity to present Christ. Let me read for you another one. This was published or posted on our, our Facebook page. As a Toledo police officer for the last 32 years, I have never experienced the amount of love that has been given to us in recent weeks. I would like to say thank you to each of you. The meals and the books were well received, the done book. The officers that I work with at the Northwest Station, the traffic section, special victims unit were amazed. Again, thank you so much. I don't have the time, church, to just read one letter or one note that we received after another thanking us. The police officers that were members of our church, I've received text messages from them thanking us for reaching out to their police department that they work on and, 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 and shared with me the, the response that, that they heard from their fellow co-workers in the Toledo Police Department. You see, we could have a passion for our law enforcement to be saved. We, we, could, we could gather together and hear preaching ourselves of how important salvation is. But it's not until we take the step out and present the gospel and give the gospel to those that are in need of the gospel where they can hear the gospel or in this case read the gospel as we place tracks with each book and in that book it shared with them the simple plan of salvation how they can be saved and and what a wonderful response we got back of people that could hear the gospel of Jesus Christ you see church is essential because people need to hear the gospel why do we gather? Why do we meet? Why is the body of Christ existent here upon this earth? 
it's existent not so that we can build a kingdom for ourselves. It's not so that we can have uh, nice things. It's not so that our facilities could be first class, even though those are wonderful things. But the, the first thing I want you to see, the reason why church is essential is because people need the gospel. And the only way for them to receive the gospel is that somebody that knows the truth is willing to give the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul had a concern for his generation. Paul's desire was to see every person come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's why Paul did what he did. That's why Paul gave up the, 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 the comforts of, of Jerusalem that he, he could have had. Paul gave up the comforts in Antioch that he could have had, and he chose to go around the world and be beaten and be scourged and be placed in jail and, and to sacrifice all that he had. Paul was willing to give it all so that he could preach the gospel. Oh, church, I pray that we too see the importance of this. There must be one that tells there must be a church that preaches the gospel. I believe this church that God has blessed us over these last 10 weeks or so because our church has been committed to getting the gospel. We have every week done what we could do to, to take the gospel message into our community. We have reached people that we have never reached before. We have spoken to people that we have never spoken before. We have touched people that we have never touched before because of our church's willingness to give, to go, and to tell because Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And people need to hear the message. And our church, praise God, has given that message out. There must be revival back to the gospel. Oh, church, if anything, these past 10 weeks has shown me that there must be a, rev a revival back to giving out the gospel, back to sharing the gospel. We as a church, we need to see that our responsibility, number one, we find here in Acts chapter 17, is to be a giver of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What is keeping you from sharing the gospel today? What is it? Oh, my, 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 my goal today is for us to look in our hearts today and each individual answer this question. What is keeping me from being a part of this church that's essential in getting the gospel out? We can leave it to the pastoral staff. We can leave it to those that we say are gifted with evangelism. We can leave it to the Sunday school teachers. We can leave it to the deacons. We can leave it to those that have type A personalities. But the responsibility of the church to give the gospel is to each individual person in the church. And I want to ask you today, church, if church is essential and we believe it is, then are you doing your part to do what God has commanded the church to do? Are you giving the gospel? Let's answer that question in our own hearts today. Number two, if you'll look with me today in Scripture as well, Acts chapter 7, or I'm, I'm sorry, 17, in verses 5 through 9, not only do people get saved when they hear the gospel. That's what makes church so essential. I want you to see secondly in verse number five, but the Jews which believed not moved with envy. They took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sword and, and gathered a company and set all of the city on an uproar and assaulted the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. And when they found them not, they threw Jason and certain brethren under the rulers of the city, crying, these that have turned the world upside down are come hither also. Look at, the, look at that there, the, the accusation, these that have turned the world upside down, <laughs> they've come here, whom Jason hath received. 
the church is essential because the church is strengthened when there is a, a commitment to Christ. The church is essential. It's important for us to meet. It's important for us to gather together because when we do, we're strengthened in our commitment to Christ. So many divisions today in the church. There's so many divisions. There's so many people that are divided over certain silly things. I want you to see here in this passage of scripture, Paul goes to the synagogue and he preaches a gospel. Number two, I want you to see here that, that Jason, one that is a part of the church, he is strengthened. The church, the people are strengthened because there was a commitment to Christ. The reason why we must gather together is so that our commitment to Christ is strengthened. Where's the unity in churches today? Some want things their way. Some, thing, some people want things done their way. We've taken our carnal philosophy, we've taken our carnal mindset, we've taken our lust, we've taken our pride, we've taken our jealousies, we've taken our issues, and we've brought them into something that never was supposed to have it. This is the body of Christ. And so many have brought in divisions. And I would say this, the reason why the church must gather, the reason why the church comes together, the reason why it's so essential is because when the church comes together, the gospel of Jesus Christ is preached, the word of God is taught, and the people are strengthened in their commitment to Christ. Jason here, he could have just said, you know what, I don't want any part of this. This is, this is more than I signed up for. If you're going to come and arrest me and all of my house, I, I'm giving this up. I'm done. You know, people have quit on God. People have quit church over a lot less of a thing. I mean, Jason here, he's in threat of being beaten. He's in threat of being tossed in jail. They're angry at Jason, but Jason stays firm, and Jason is strengthened. Why? Because there was a body of believers that have come, that have come together, and they're strengthened because of their commitment to Christ. Oh, that the church, his commitment to Christ would be strengthened when we gather together and meet. So many people, they like this music, and others like that, or so many people want this program, while others like another program. Some want their, their uh, uh, pastor to preach on, on certain things and they want their pastor to, to do certain things or, or some want their pastor to come and, and every week to preach on politics and others say politics don't belong in the church and some want their pastor to preach hellfire and brimstone messages while some say, no, we want it to be soft and kind and loving. There's so many reasons and so many differences that the church has, but oh, listen to me, church. When we come together as a church, all of our differences need to be set aside and our commitment needs to be upon the word of God in the preaching of Jesus Christ. That's what unifies a church. That's what strengthens a church. That's why church is so important so that we are strengthened in our commitment to Jesus Christ. So many divisions today in churches. We need a revolution back to the gospel, back to what really truly matters. Back to the preaching of the gospel, giving the gospel, and standing for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hear me, church, that is our priority, is, is the gospel going out. Pastors like myself, we talk to people that not everyone agrees on things. But isn't it silly, church? 
Isn't it silly for some of the reasons why there's disunity in the church? This person didn't say hi to me. This person didn't acknowledge me. This person didn't give me credit. This person didn't thank me for serving. This person didn't sing what I like. This person didn't, didn't uh, uh, do things the way I like. And people actually leave a church over silly things. And what we ought to be united on is the gospel. Oh, I see here in Acts chapter 17 that Jason was grounded in the word of God Church is essential because it's there that we get our commitment to what truly matters. I believe Satan has done everything he possibly can to bring division to the church. People choose churches like restaurants anymore. If I like it, I'll, I'll go. If I don't, I'll find somewhere I like they, serve, they, they, they choose churches like their favorite retail stores. If it offers me what I like, then I'll go. They choose what they like. But oh, listen to me, the Bible says that Christ builds a church, his church. He puts you where he chooses. He places you in the body. He wills you to do what he desires for you. That's what causes church to be essential. You see, listen to me, church. If Christ didn't have a say, if Christ wasn't the head, if Christ wasn't the builder, then church would not be essential. It would be like any other organization. But what makes church church and what makes church so essential and what makes church a place that believers ought to be is God. He called you out. He saved you from hell. He placed you in the body of Christ. Christ is the head. It's led by the spirit of God. This is not just any organization. This is not just any business. This, my friend, is the body of Christ. And he has placed you in your church to serve him to fulfill the great commission and to be strengthened in your commitment to the gospel. We need a revolution back to the Bible. We need a revolution back to the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jason and his, his house stood firm. They, they didn't divide when things got tough. Don't, don't miss that. They didn't stop. They didn't stop following Christ. They didn't leave. They, they stood firm when, when those that came and, and arrested him and took him before the, the leaders there in, in Thessalonica. He didn't leave and he didn't quit. He didn't deny Christ. He didn't deny his church. He stood firm. They didn't quit when the church was under attack. Well, church, I believe this. It's going to be the responsibility of pastors across this great land to encourage their people to stay firm when the church is under attack. I don't believe that there is some ploy. I don't believe that there was some behind-the-scenes movement to create COVID-19 so the church could be persecuted. I don't believe that at all. I believe that there are certain people that don't see the value of church. There are certain people that don't believe in God, that don't believe in Christ, that are in positions of authority across this land. And I believe this, they took and they overreached. 
They saw an opportunity and they overreached. I believe governors in places like New Jersey and governors in places like California and Maryland and, and on the coasts, I believe many of them did not create this epidemic, that, that there's this pandemic that we're facing, but they're using this pandemic to overreach, to take away to, uh, religious liberties because that's in their heart. They'll take any opportunity they can to persecute those that are religious or those that want to meet, especially in the name of Jesus Christ. But what I do believe is this is a precursor. I, pre I believe this COVID-19 is a precursor for many things that is going to usher in the last days. I believe that the, the massive debt that this has created across this world is a precursor I believe the one world economy, I believe the monetary system that this is one monetary system, one banking system that this is going to create, I believe is a precursor to the Antichrist. I believe that the things that we're seeing, although COVID-19 is not the thing that's going to usher in Christ, I believe it is a precursor. It's going to give us a, uh, a view of what's going to happen. I believe that a, any Bible-believing Christian that has an understanding of the word of God can see that Christ's return is so close. It's so close. We can see how quickly in a, in a, the economy can be closed down. We can see how quickly that, that politicians can usher in their, their decrees and, and their, their uh, 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 orders. We can see that so easily. I, I can see a, a global pandemic that would cause an antichrist to come and take over the world and bring peace to Israel. We can see it. In church, instead of us being disgusted with it, instead of us being confused by it, if anything, we need as a church to understand that as the day of the Lord approaches, persecution is going to come. I pray that our church is strengthened during this time. I pray and I'm begging God that our church is stronger than it ever has been, that the people of this church are committed to the things of God more than they've ever been committed, that when trials come and persecution comes and a pandemic comes, that we don't run scared and hide and leave God and leave the church, but we come together and we're strengthened because we know that one day that trump is going to sound, that Jesus Christ is going to call us home. But until then, church, there is a job for us to do. And that job is to get the gospel to the world. That job is for us to be strengthened so that we can be committed to the work of God. Oh, church, are you strengthened? Are you encouraged to continue? We need big thinkers. They had a reputation. They had a global impact. What, what happened in verse number six? They said this, these that have turned the world upside down. They, they said to Jason, he's taken in these men that have turned the world upside down. Could you imagine that type of reputation? Paul and Silas and Timothy are known as turning the world upside down. Well, that was not a, a political thing. That was not a, a uh, 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 that was simply a, a spiritual thing. They were known as taking this message of the gospel and going in and changing things and, and, and messing up what religious leaders had in place and, and going in and messing up uh, uh, what governments had in place because they were preaching that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is the way and all the reputation that they had. We need big thinkers. 
church today has too many small-minded thinkers. The world is our mission. (laughs) The world is our mission field. Small-minded people look at what's in church for me. What does it offer me? What is it going to give me? What, what, is, what is church? What do I like about church? And if I like it, but hear me today, church needs to be about what I can do to be involved, uh, to get the gospel out, what I can do to, to strengthen someone else and encourage someone else in their commitment to Christ. Church is not about what can it do for me, but church is about what can I do for the Lord Jesus Christ? God, give us a church that desires the world be reached for Christ. God, give us teachers that teach to reach the world for Christ. God, give us leaders that get involved so that the world will get turned upside down for Christ. God, give us Pauls and Silas's and Jasons and Timothys in our church today so that our church would remain focused on the gospel and our church would be strengthened in their commitment to stand for the things of God. Sometimes I believe, church, our vision is too small. Oh, God, enlarge our tent. Isaiah 54, 2 says this, Enlarge the place of thy tent and let them stretch forth the curtains and of thine habitation. Spare not, lengthen the cord and strengthen thy stakes. Oh, that ought to be our prayer for our church today. God, enlarge our church, enlarge our stakes, strengthen our stakes, lengthen our cords. Why? So that we can get the gospel to this known world. Why? So we can strengthen uh, each other to stand in the day that it's going to be difficult to stand in. God, strengthen our stakes so that our church stands. And lastly, I want you to see this. Verse number 10 of this chapter. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. Look with me in verse number 14. And then immediately the brethren sent away Paul to go as it were to the sea. But Silas and Timotheus or Timothy abode there still. In verse number 15, look with me there. And they, conduct, they that conducted Paul brought unto him, uh, him unto Athens and receiving a commandment unto Silas and Timothy for to come to him with all speed, they departed. There's something that's happening here in this church. Paul is committed to getting the gospel. It's, Calls this church to be essential. We're committed to getting the gospel. People are saved when they hear the gospel. Jason, because of the church, he was committed to the, to, to the things of the gospel. He was strengthened in his commitment to Christ. Persecution was not going to hinder him. And then thirdly, I want you to see this encouragement is needed from the brethren. Why is church essential? Number one, people are saved when they hear the gospel. Number two, to strengthen our commitment to Christ individually, to strengthen what we're going to stand for. We're not going to be easily swayed. And number three, church, don't forget, encouragement is necessary. It's needed from the brethren. Yes, the church is a gospel-preaching agency, but it also is a place where we edify and encourage each other. Yes, we ought to be totally focused on reaching the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, while we are equally concerned about a brother and sister in Christ. Encouragement is needed. Paul here is coming to Thessalonica and he has to leave. They send him to Berea 
and the, Thessalon- the Thessalonians, they come and, and they begin to, to, to persecute him there at Berea. And he has to leave once again. He goes to the sea and then Paul's alone. Saul, or Silas and Timothy stay there at Berea while Paul is sent away because of this persecution that's coming. And Paul finds himself alone. And you know what Paul needs? <laughs> he needs Silas and he needs Timothy. You know what I find, brothers and sisters in Christ? We need each other. You know what I've found over these last 10 weeks? I need you. Preaching to a camera. I'm doing it because I want to communicate with our church. But you know what I find? I miss the people on the other side of this camera. You know, although we haven't been able to come together as a church, one of the things I love to do all week long is to make phone calls and write letters and communicate with people in our church. I love coming here on Sundays because I get to see the people that are behind uh, working these cameras, those that are in the PA booth. A few people have have come every Sunday. They, They rarely miss a Sunday since this pandemic has started. They're still coming to church. I'm going to leave here in just four minutes and I'm going to go out to the, to the parking lot and there's going to be cars filling the parking lot up and I'm going to see people's faces. It's not just people. It's the church. It's my brothers and sisters in Christ. It's people that need to be encouraged. It's people that need a word of encouragement spoken to them. It's a place where People need a handshake. People need a hug. It's a place where people need our prayer. It's a place when we're hurting, people pray for us. My wife got a text message from Monica Ball last night and said, could you pray for me? My mother is in the hospital and she's 63 years old. She has MS, she's bedridden and she's having seizures. And and I've not gotten a report since then, but she was not doing well in the hospital. And you know what Monica Ball did? She reached out to her church. We put that on our prayer chain and ask her people to pray. I think of multiple people that are still struggling with cancer. You know what they need? They need a church to encourage them. I think of those that are battling right now with difficult things in their marriage or difficult things in their life or difficult things in their workplace. You know what they need? They need people to encourage them. You see, church is a place where we come and the gospel is given. Church is a place where we come and we're taught the word of God and we're strengthened to stand for the things of Christ. We're, 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 we're grown deeper in the word of God. We're rooted, if I could use that word. But it's also a place where brothers and sisters are encouraged. <laughs> we're frustrated all week. We deal with the world and then we come together and our brothers and sisters encourage us. You see, Paul was preaching the gospel. The world is frustrated with Paul. They're threatening Paul. The church says, Paul, we're not going to let you, we're not going to let you get taken. We're going to move you from Thessalonia to, to Berea. And so they help him escape there. And what does Paul do? The same thing he did there in Thessalonica. He preaches the gospel. He goes to the synagogue. You say, Paul, what? Are you ever going to learn your lesson? I hope not. <laughs> because that's what makes church essential. And Paul gets himself in trouble in Berea for preaching the gospel. And what's the church do? They say, Paul, let's move you to the sea. Let's move you out of the way so they can't get you. And Paul gets that place and he's alone. He says, send me Silas and Timothy. I need encouragement. I'm reminded of Paul 
his last epistle he wrote to Timothy, he says to Timothy, come quickly, come to me, I'm alone. You know, so often the biggest highlight of a Christian in their week is coming to the house of God because it's there they get strengthened. It's there they find rest. See, we're commanded to love one another. We're commanded to bear one another's burdens. We're commanded to meet each other's needs. You see, friend, today, church is essential. Not because our Constitution claims it is, although that's important for us as Americans. Church is essential, not because our president says it is or their attorney general says it is, although those are important figures in our government. And bless the name of Jesus for those men. Thank God for those men that claim that. But church is essential for the believers because it's a place where the gospel is preached and people are saved when the gospel is preached. It's a place where you're strengthened and rooted in your commitment to Christ because you're taught the word of God so that you can stand in the day when persecution comes. And thirdly, church is essential because you and I need encouragement. Because you and I need each other. Because I have burdens that you need to bear and you have burdens I need to bear because you have love that you need and I have love that I need and it's a place for believers to come together and be encouraged. You see, church is essential. And I thank God for you. Father, would you bless this church service? Would you bless those that are listening today? May we really truly in our heart realize how essential church is. May we be committed to it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I wanna thank you once again for watching our online service today. Throughout this message, you heard about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I want to invite you to know Christ as your savior. If you've never received that free gift of salvation, today I, I hope that you will. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He came to this earth to pay the sin debt that you and I owe. The Bible says that for as many as receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. The Bible goes on to say that for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The Bible tells us that every single one of us are sinners, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Bible tells us that God's not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. You see, God loves you, and God wants to spend eternity with you. But we were born into this world in sin, and because of that sin, there's a debt that we owe. You and I are all sinners, and we need a payment for our sin. The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ came and he paid that sin debt. He shed his blood, his precious blood, his holy blood, so you and I could be saved. The free gift, that gift that the Bible speaks of is Jesus Christ. It's God's gift to us. 
And if you will receive that gift and trust Jesus Christ as your savior, you will have everlasting life. You might ask, how do I receive that gift? By just simply praying and sincerely asking God to forgive you of your sin, to cleanse you and come into your heart and save you and give you everlasting life. Repent of your sins and receive that free gift of salvation. And our prayer here at Monclover Road Baptist Church is that you would receive Jesus Christ as your savior today.